Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, guys, we're back. It's been a long, long international break um, with a couple of pointless friendlies for England, but we, we won't go there. We won't mention England because, you know, um, we don't care about England. We're scouts at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's been a long couple of weeks. We had a few work commitments after the international break and stuff. And so we've been away for three weeks now and we've kind of jumped into what is the business end of the season. It's the most important part of the season. And we've got a lot to discuss, me and Danny, today. Um, but before we do that, um, let's have a catch up. So, Danny, it's been a while, mate. How's it going? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. As you know, started a new job and work and it's busy enough. And yeah, like it's just been, it's just hectic, isn't it? Just life can sometimes just take over and it can just get a bit manic and trying to juggle things. You know yourself, you've got a couple of kids. I've got three kids myself and trying to balance work, balance home and then balance football. Like you said about the international break, I did not watch a single international game. I literally saw the highlights of Senegal beating Egypt and that's the only thing I've seen of the internationals because I think my wife is sort of so used to me watching Liverpool that as soon as Liverpool aren't on, she's like, if you put football on the telly, I'm going to smash your face in. So <laughs> I don't get a chance to watch much football unless it's Liverpool now. Um, so yeah, I'm thankful for the season being back on and for just being able to watch it because I actually get to watch football again, which is nice. <laughs> what about yourself? There you go. I know the same. It's just the, the wonderful life of juggling life. Um and trying to be a football fan. Um, the thing about the international break is, I, the way I would describe it, is when you're playing like a crap five-a-side game that you're just kind of going through the notions. But like, it's like, you know, it's it's seven o'clock. It's a Wednesday evening. You're doing nothing. Do you go to a crap five-a-side game? Or do you not? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, you're better off going to a crap five-a-side game and going through the notions than not. That's where you'd rather go to the seven-a-side game that's, that's intense and, competitive and you love it and that's that's the analogy i'm using because like i have it on 
but I don't necessarily care. You know, my partner could come and be like, oh, do you want to watch, put this on or put that on? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so if it was even just like, for, for I can say, last night I was watching Burnley Everton. Hmm. Um, that, that's a raw subject. I hope there's no Everton fans listening. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to discuss, isn't there, Danny? Agent Rafa. <clears throat> right. But anyway. Um, there is. Big shout out to everyone that plays five sides with ammo on a Wednesday. He's a little crap, but it sounds like. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It's just using an analogy. But my, my point is, is with international football, if it's on, you'll watch it. Yeah. But, like, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not planning your day around it, are you? As we're oh, Liverpool. Yeah. Sometimes I would plan my whole week around watching Liverpool. You know, I would maybe sacrifice something during the week so I could have a child manner to watch the match or whatever. Um, but anyway, I think we've made the point clear that the international break is all the garbage and we don't really care. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the season. So it's been widely, widely um, spoke about that Liverpool could go for a quadruple. And uh, a lot of people are saying, don't discuss it because it's never happened. And we know how hard it is. Jürgen Klopp's kind of putting it down a little bit, but that's all people are talking about. So as a Liverpool podcast, we kind of have to talk about this, don't we? Um, since our last podcast, we've got through the next round of the FA Cup, which is the semi-finals. We've drew Manchester City at Wembley, um, interesting tie. We've beat Benfica 3-1 away from home, which was, I think, a lot tougher than what we imagined. Um, and obviously, we've got this big game against City coming up. It's kind of hard to know where to start with this. Um, so I think we, we kind of discussed off there. The best way of going about it is kind of the next, the, the, the second part of the podcast will spend 15, 20 minutes talking about the City game. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about the runner fixtures coming up for the season, how many wins we've had in our own stuff, um, and the form of a couple of players, in particularly uh, Mo Salah. But before we do that, um, we have to mention um, a massive congratulations to the uh, LFC women's team, um, who have obviously won the league, um, so they're going to get promoted. Um, it was all over the news, and it's great to see them. When it was, the celebrations were all over Sky Sports News. It was great to see them get that bit of coverage. Um, obviously, Rachel Furness, the captain, um, a, a local native here from uh, Northern Ireland. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, first of all, Danny? They've done well. I think there was always that building plan, wasn't there? They've obviously been down in the in the division below, and like a team like Liverpool. I think one of the good things we've spoke a lot about Jurgen Klopp. We're going to get onto all these different things of talking about the team, but one of the things that I think we've seen in Liverpool is, and especially since Jurgen Klopp's come in, is that real bringing together of all of it. I, I don't know whether any has watched the interview that he's done with Peter Crouch last week, and he was speaking a lot about obviously Peter Crouch. First time coming back to the the new training grounds because he trains obviously at Melwood and all the rest of it. And Jürgen Klopp was talking about the fact that he loves the fact that they've built the new the new training facilities because they're close to the academy. The women's team are able to play there. They're able to have everybody together, and you can see that there's a building job going on right the way throughout the club. Whether it be the youth, the academy, the first team, the reserves, the women's team, they're all progressing. And Jürgen Klopp has kind of brought everyone together and brought that mindset in to the whole club. We've seen him present, obviously, the awards to, to Rachel Fairness a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I think Liverpool women's team, I, I think when you're watching them, are very, very similar to, to Liverpool first team, not in terms of quality, but in terms of the way that they play, the the philosophy that's there in place and all the rest of it. Um, and they've had a real strong season, two games left to go, already won the league. Um, and I think it's not one of those where they're going to come up and they're going to struggle. I think they look like they've got the team that can go up there and do really well next season. So I, I don't I don't in any way, shape or form profess to be a professional 
um, pundit in terms of the women's league, but I've seen a good bit of it this season, uh, and especially since having Josh on a few weeks ago, I've sort of tried to do a little bit more research into it. And yeah, they they look like they're in good form, and they look like they're ready to progress and go up. And hopefully, we're going to have a women's team and a men's team that are that are competing like at the top of the tables next season. Well, yeah, definitely. And as I say, I wouldn't claim to be an expert myself, but it's great to see that they're, they're doing so well. And we can't um, do a podcast and not mention the women's team. And we are um, in a pursuit of trying to get one of the ladies' players on. It's been a long-term goal of ours. Um, it will happen. But now with the win- winning the league, the- they've got the blue ticks and they're getting harder and harder to get. But um, <laughs> we-, we-, we will do it one day. Um, absolutely, we will do it. We'll get one of the LFC women players on and... Um, It'll be an interesting perspective. Also, um, what we have to mention again is, don't forget, the 21st of October this year um, in the Alley Theatre in Straban. Um, we have Chris Kirkland and Neil Meller, two former Liverpool players, coming over to an open mic night that me and Danny will be presenting. We've got lots of plans in place. Um, we've got a special guest coming. And, yeah, don't forget that, that that's that's it's, it's, it's quicker than you think, isn't it, Danny? It'll fly in. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we've obviously we were talking a little bit about it off air, and like it's exciting what we're able to do. And and as we said, like we started this podcast a couple of years ago just to be able to basically chat crap about Liverpool, and because we enjoy doing it, and it gives us a chance to be able to talk a bit about footy, um, which you don't get to do too much for anyone that's listening and has got kids maybe driving to work or whatever. You don't get to go out and chat to your mates about football anymore. That's the realities of being a parent. So we get a chance to be able to do this, and that's what we thought we'd do. And to be able to now bring over ex-professionals, and are you going to mention about legends and things like that in a minute, and to be able to do all of these different things and to be able to meet the people that we've met is amazing. And to be able to then offer that and share it with with people over here, that's what we that's what we wanted to do. That was the whole purpose of this podcast, was to bring together Liverpool and the island of Ireland and show that connection. So to be able to do that, in reality, and bring Neil and Chris over is is quality. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, which is brilliant, which is another thing that we have to mention on the 11th of June. Uh, a Liverpool Legends team are coming over to play Newry FC, which is closer to your part of the woods. Um, but we're actually going to be covering that game as part of the uh, media. We're going to be doing a special um, podcast on YouTube, which is you know something we haven't done all that often, but interviewing the ex-players, catching up with, with the with the, the home team and just having a whole day out, you know, it'll just be brilliant for, for a Liverpool fan and I think it'll be interesting for us and it'll be a really interesting kind of vlog, do you call it these days? What do you call it these days, Danny? A vlog, a vlog, a, a podcast? A, what you... It's kind of going to be everything, isn't it? We're, we're going out there, we're filming it, we're interviewing, we're going to be showing part of the game, we're, like we're there for the, the sort of club meal afterwards and everything, aren't we? So hopefully we're going to get to show everybody the inside of what is going on at, at that game. So there'll be interviews with live players. It'll go out on a podcast. We'll also have it on YouTube. We'll be throwing clips up on our social media pages. It's gonna be it's gonna be everything. Vlog, blog, yeah. podcast, like the lot. Yeah. <laughs> the eleventh of June. So that'll be interesting, obviously, that the podcast or the blog will be able to be able to a little bit after that. But the, it, there's a lot of exciting things coming up as Liverpool fans living in the island of Ireland and living anywhere in the world right now. So uh, without further ado, let's discuss them, Danny. So Again, it's so hard to point, but what I will go to is, you know, our last game was Benfica. Hmm. Away from home, really intimidating atmosphere. When the draw came out, Liverpool fans were jumping for joy. But this game didn't quite, we were texting during it, weren't we? This game started off well, 2-0, you know, a Mane tapping. 
um, and the Canate header, which was just brilliant. And then as soon as the second half started, it just went from kind of sail, plain sailing, as you would say in football, to a nightmare. And then eventually, our little our little magician to come over from um, from Portugal rounded the keeper and got a got a third Liverpool goal goal Diaz. Um, and yeah, Danny, let's kind of just talk about that game for a couple of minutes. It was a I I want to describe it as a typical. European away display, and let's be honest, we're record breakers. That's six, I think, six win- or five wins away in the Champions League, which has never been done before. So, mm. yeah, how did you assess that game, Danny? Uh, yeah, do you know what? It was a, as you said, it was a difficult one to watch, wasn't it? I think first half we looked clinical. We looked like we had all the possession. We looked like we could have scored loads of goals. Um, obviously getting two in the first half, but we looked like we could have just pushed on, and it looked like a really comfortable game, considering we're away from home. Considering Benfica are like well established in the Champions League, and I think they're a good team. They've got a lot of history behind them. Um, we kind of looked like we were ready to just roll them over, and then I think second half we just kind of sucked the foot off the gas, didn't we? I think Liverpool just started making a couple of sloppy passes. They were sort of there was a lot of passing behind the player I don't know if you noticed that when the boys are, are passing it around the, p- the pitch normally especially Van Dijk leads that from the back that he'll always play the ball out two or three yards in front of whoever he's playing it onto so that they can take the ball on the run and start to press and then suddenly every time we were passing the ball the players were having to stop to collect it or it was like a yard or two behind them and we just started looking like we were getting a bit sloppy it looked like it was becoming a bit of a training game and we allowed Benfica to, to creep back in. Obviously, a bit of a mistake from Canate um, allowed them to get back into the game. But, as you said, thankfully, we were able to see it out. And we've, we've spoke about this so many times on the podcast that, that over the years, watching Liverpool, as, as me and you have done, we we are always worried. You always feel like Liverpool need to get three or four goals to really be able to see out a game. Where now... I think we can sit at 2-1 and know that defensively, as long as we're switched on, we can see our games really, really easily. But thankfully, we got that third goal. And I think for them to come to Anfield with a, with 3-1, I, I think it, it gives them hardly any chance of, of doing anything, really. Well, yeah, that, that's it. And another thing we have to mention is the squad depth. You know, in this game on the 60th minute, we brought on Jordan Henderson, Diego Jota, and Roberto Firmino. You know, yeah. What, what can you say about that? That's just it's unbelievable squad. That the likes of Oxley Chamberlain and boys like that didn't even get on the pitch. You know, James Milner and Gomez come on the last couple of minutes to see the game out. But yeah, I think with the fixtures coming up, a three-one lead is a comfortable lead. Is where a one-goal lead would have been uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. a big difference at this level of football. And you can you fancy Benfica coming to Anfield and having the right go, but you fancy Benfica comes Anfield and beating us by more than two goals. I don't see that happening. Yeah. You know, so. Um, they got apologies. Anyone here? My two-year-old in the background having a wee, uh, a wee cry. He's, um, he's just that excited for the this, this, the the end of the season. I'm, I'm pretty sure he understands his age that Liverpool have got a lot to play for. He's but never yeah, and he's watching the highlights of Burnley there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So there's a lot coming. There's, there's, there's a lot coming up, and there's a lot to discuss. And do you know what? We'll discuss Everton in a wee while, but just before we discuss Everton, because you have to, you know, there are, there are city rivals as such. Um, a tricky, a, tr- a tricky victory against uh, Wofford, and obviously we need to talk about the Salah situation. So, uh, 
we got the tricky victory against Watford, which, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it'll go down in the history books. We said that a lot about some performances, but that's what, you know, champions do, don't they? They just get scrappy wins. And I think the, the victory against Watford was a scrappy win, Danny. Yeah, I think, do you know what? You show me a team outside of probably, well, even when you're thinking back to like the Arsenal Invincible season and things like that, you show me a team that, that comfortably won every game in the build-up to winning the league. It doesn't happen. You you need luck. You need games where you just scrape those wins, where you get maybe a dubious penalty or an offside goes your way and all these different things that happen throughout the season. And I think momentum is built and that's the thing. You don't sort of get something that just happens. You don't suddenly get a season where everyone just rolls over and gives you the title. We've come from 12 points behind City to potentially be within one game here. Obviously, the season is not going to be won or lost on Sunday. I think we know that. But it's a massive game. And to be able to even be in the running, you think back to probably October, November time, We, I think I'd be right in saying that we never thought in our mind that we'd be winning the league. The way City were playing, the way they were dominating games. And it just shows City aren't a bad team. City are a, a top quality team. They're still favourites to win the Champions League this season. But the reality is, is that sometimes you just need a bit of momentum and a bit of luck. And Watford was one of those games that I think we'll look back on and go, it's not a game that you're going to write home about, but it's the type of game that you need in order to win a league. And and, and it's given us a good chance. It gives us a win. That's all you need. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the word momentum, which brings me on to our next kind of point, really interestingly. So, since the African Cup of Nations, Mo Salah has only scored one goal for Liverpool, um, which is a penalty. Ah, he's had a few real out for offside, and he's, he's been, let's say he's been nitty and gritty, but five, six weeks ago, people were saying Mo Salah's the best player on the planet. Bar none, it's not up for debate. I had Manchester United fans saying that to me. But he's got one goal in the last seven games, and it's been a penalty. And since then, he's watched his, again, his beloved Egypt, which he is the poster boy for, hmm. get knocked out in penalties by Senegal to go to the World Cup. And people are saying that's kind of carrying the weight on his shoulders and he's not the same player. And I think he's had a couple of... I look over the, the, the Wofford and Benfica game. And another day, Salah could have had a couple in each game. And people actually being... I've seen a famous quote there from John Aldridge that he should be dropped. So, and obviously the, the, the situation with the contract. So I just want to take a couple of minutes and talk about the Salah contract. Do you think the fact that what's going on with Egypt, the fact of the contract situation, the fact that maybe Diaz has come in and he's kind of, for four years, Mo Salah has been our best player. He's mm. been our most consistent player. Anyone that could argue with that, I don't think so. You know, you could you could argue Virgil van Dijk, but Virgil van Dijk was out for a season. So take take that aside. Salah's been our most consistent player. How do you see his form? And do you think it is? Do you think it is just a blip, Danny? Do you think he'll come good against City, or do you think it's a contract? Just what are your thoughts on the the Mo Salah situation? I think there's a lot of factors in this. I, I, for me, the contract situation doesn't come into it, and I think a lot of people will use it as a chance to be able to talk about the contract situation. But I think it's got nothing to do with it because, you know what, the contract situation has been going on since the start of the season and the start of the season, he was smashing goals in for fun right the way up until just just a number of weeks ago. So for me, the contract's got nothing to do with it. I think it's a mixture of the sheer amount of games that he's played. I think people forget, like you remember, you try and put yourself in his shoes. He has had to travel across the world numerous times 
playing consistent games. Sometimes, like you, you think to yourself, like even when you go on holiday to somewhere like America or something like that, the the jet lag that you get, the fact that you feel so tired after coming back, that boy is is as went played World Cup qualifiers, lost, which is emotionally draining, gone all the way to penalties in both those games, the games that he lost in the African Cup of Nations and the games that the and the game that they got taken out of the World Cup in. He's gone, played massive amounts of games, emotionally draining games because you've got the, the weight of your country behind you, and then has had to fly back across the world and two days later play a game for Liverpool. That is going to affect you. It's going to affect anybody, no matter how good you are as a player, it's going to affect you doing that sort of the fatigue on your body, the mental drain inside of it. I don't agree with the fact that he should be dropped. I think John Aldridge is maybe saying that from a position of he's not playing well enough, he should be dropped. I think he needs rest. I think he needs maybe a week off to just chill out and to be able to get his head right, to be able to spend time with his family, realise what's going on, get his contract sorted and get his head in the right place and he'll come back and he'll smash it. But I think right now he's just in a place where he looks like he is just emotionally and physically drained and isn't getting the recovery time that he needs. So for me, that's probably what the issue is. Well, we played Tuesday night against Benfica. Um, we're, we're now recording this podcast on a Thursday, um, which will, will be coming out Friday and on our, our usual radio stations on Straban Radio Online and Sportswire Radio. So the reason I'm saying that is just because he did come off for half an hour against Benfica on Tuesday and we're not playing Manchester City until Sunday. So there's five five days. It's probably the longest break he's had in a couple of years, really, if you think about it. Um, so wouldn't it just be typical before we kind of take take a little kind of diversion onto Everton? Wouldn't it just be kind of typical for Mo Salah to come up and produce the goods against City and win the game? You wouldn't be shocked at all, would you? No, and I think games, like, I think footballers' mentalities now, you see it in the interviews and all the rest of it, they're only ever focused on the next game. The next game, the next game, the next game. And someone of the calibre of Mo Salah, I'm not going to say he doesn't give us all, but I'm just saying if you've come back off a massive loss to, to go out of the World Cup, and even before that, when he when he lost the African Cup of Nations, you're coming back and playing teams like Brighton and Nottingham Forest and Watford. Teams that that generally when you look at them, you know I could not play in this game and Liverpool could still win it. And I'm I'm not that's not to, to say anything bad and and to slight the likes of Brighton and Watford and Nottingham Forest. But the reality is is that someone like Salah who's coming back off something that's emotionally draining like that, his head's maybe not in it. Where City, a chance that he knows if we lose this game, it gives it, it more or less takes us out or really makes it difficult the fact of us being able to win the Premier League the fact that he could make history by winning three even four cups this season someone like Salah at a top level elite footballer it wouldn't surprise me at all that if he comes on that if he's playing on Sunday his head is completely in the game it's a world stage everybody on the planet is watching this game on Sunday absolutely and he, and he yeah. knows that yeah it's got it, it, it's been the like the biggest game um, of the last four or five years, they're probably right to be fair. Now, we are going to discuss that in the second part of the podcast, but I just want to take a couple of moments of uh, I don't know what the word we should use, but let's just take a, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> come up and you know, they get what they deserve. Where Danny, I just want to, should we, we should really throw out an appeal here, um, because the amount of missing people. <laughs> over the last couple of months, where are all the Everton fans, Danny? Where are they? What's going on? Like, 
back, Frank. What's going on? <laughs> what, what, what? Frank Lampard, the saviour, you know. <laughs> You've got to be sitting in disbelief, haven't you? Like, what what has gone on? Like, and I mean, like, right across the board, like, beating 4-0 by Crystal Palace in the FA Cup. Like, they were, they were nowhere to be seen in that game. Sean Dyche, I think, sums it up in the... Because yes, I said, I, I watched the second say. half. I know what his interview last night, he was just like, I went in a half time and said to them, said to my team, these don't know how to win a game. Like, and they went out and smashed them. And it's like the whole time you were watching that Everton Burnley game, you were sitting there, and, and even as an Everton fan who's obviously watching Everton religiously week after week, you must have been sitting there yesterday going, They're gonna beat us. Because you could see it coming. You Danny, could just, see that they were gonna win that game. There's fans traveling all up and down the country to watch Everton. Like <laughs> Do you know what hey, also where's the Arteta money, hey? All I can I say know. to give any type of solace and any type of sort of joy to Everton fans is that tickets are always cheaper in the championship. So at least it's not going to cost you as much next year to get to get watching. <laughs> like I, it's just baffling. I've like. seen someone put a Facebook post up uh, recently. And they're like honest, honest, honest opinion. Liverpool fans, what would they be? What, what, what's your opinions on Everton going down the championship? And I just used two words to describe it. And I said to start off with hilarious because of the way they go on, but it'd be weird as well. So on a serious note, let's get our serious heads on now, Danny, for a few a few moments. It'd be weird ever not being in the Premier League because there wouldn't be no derby. Hmm. I'm actually going to derby now in a few weeks, which is. I can't wait. We've been first game since the AC Milan game when Divicarigi just done Divicarigi stuff. <laughs> and um, you know, I, I mentioned the word Divicarigi. You can't have a podcast without mentioning Divicarigi. And obviously, the goal he scored against Everton was just, you know, probably one of the best goals I've ever seen. You know, such technique. But anyway, come back to Everton. It'd be weird not having a derby every year, wouldn't it, Danny? You know, if you, all jokes aside, could we imagine in our lifetime we've not had a season where we've not played Everton at least twice? So, well, laughing and joking, but would that take away maybe two two big games each season? You know, then again, Everton might win the championship and win a trophy. So, see, I know, you know silver lining, every, every silver line. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, no, all jokes aside, um, I don't know how I feel about the Everton situation, but it'll certainly be a lot to discuss and food for thought coming up. From, right. Especially going to the derby, we'll definitely get an Everton fan on for the derby, and we'll give their. Um, Insight into their season. We might need to. We might might need extra time on 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 the airways for that one. But there, <laughs> there you go. But yeah, um, thanks for listening to the first part of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Right, everybody, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, this Sunday is the big one. We have been talking, obviously, about the back end of the season there, chatting about Everton, but we're talking about the business end now. We are talking about the big clash at the top of the table. The world is going to be watching the game. Liverpool, Manchester City. I have friends in India who have been messaging me saying that they're going to be watching this game. I have friends in China that have said they're going to be watching this game. Staying up all hours in the night to be able to catch games like this because it is the big one. Liverpool have come back from 12 points behind to put ourselves within one point of overtaking City this Sunday. It is going to be massive. City going on a bit of a run of form at the minute. They've kind of been off haven't they the last five they've lost one drew one won three liverpool obviously won their last five if not more um 
it's it's just it's set up to be such a big game. Both teams full of elite players who are up for matches like this. And we were talking before about Salah and the mindset change that he's going to have. We're looking at exactly the same thing from Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling and all these different boys. Ammo, like, what 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 is your thoughts in the build up to this? Not even predictions or anything, but just what's your thoughts in the build up to this? What what are you what are you thinking about it? Well, first and foremost, is there's a big build-up. Even Sky Sports are doing like two or three kind of warm-up shows, mm. which which they don't normally do because they know the relevance of it. Um, the thought of the build-up is this, is it's just nerves. <laughs> nerves, 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 and more nerves. You know that the chances of Liverpool and Manchester City getting beaten any game after this the rest of the season are very slim. It mm. could happen, and it's, it's, it's not a title decider in, in per se is... You know, any team could lose this game and still win the title. But it's huge because what's been happening over the last, well, two months is City have been here and Liverpool have been coming for them. Mm. And Liverpool have been coming for them and coming for them and coming for them. And now we can overtake them. And this is where you could argue the last two months of Liverpool's hard work comes into situation. So for Liverpool, it's huge. And everyone's saying Man City are still favourites. Are they though? Are they actually favourites? Because the pressure's on Manchester City to kind of stay ahead. And I think it just suits Liverpool perfectly. The only kind of downside is it's not at Anfield, it's at the Etihad. But City fans don't make any noise anyway, like so. It's grand. Um, but yeah, the build-up is just nerves, 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 nerves. Danny, what more can I say except for oh, bring it on and come on Liverpool? I just... Ugh. I'm getting excited just thinking about it, but I also know that come half six on Sunday that we just discussed off, off air, come half six Sunday, it, it could just be so demotivating, couldn't it? It could be. And do you know what? I understand, like, putting my sort of pundit, trying to be professional head on, I can understand why people are saying that it's still cities to lose because you think after this game, like, trying to look at the season as a whole, we've still got United to play, we've still got Everton to play, we've still got big games, teams that are that are up for relegation, teams that are still trying to fight for top four, top seven, all the rest of it. Like, City have got, have got to play Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Villa. Generally, teams that are sitting in the mid-table and it, it's not going to be a season-defining game for any of them. So I can see why people are saying it's still cities to lose. But if we can win this game on Sunday, like with the momentum that Liverpool have got at the minute, yes, City might might have the better games, you could say, in the run-up to this. But we've also seen City lose games recently. We've seen them draw against the likes of Crystal Palace um, and all games like that, that where, where City have the potential to drop points. Liverpool, to me, don't look like we're dropping points. We we said about the Watford game and how we won it two nil. Like we're watching against Benfica, we watched against Arsenal, we watched all these teams where Liverpool just look like they can't be beaten at the minute. And if we could have a boost of something like us winning City on Sunday, for for me it gives it it puts Liverpool as the team to beat at that point because I think we've got too much momentum. And I think going back to that interview I was saying about Klopp last week with Peter Crouch, you can tell Klopp's mindset because when he turned around he said. Don't be thinking about the quadruple. We're not going to win the quadruple. You can sense the Klopp is putting all of his eggs in one basket, that he wants to win a league in front of the fans. And that's what he wants. And he's prepared to do anything to try and get that. And if we can win on Sunday, everything is going to be put towards winning that league in front of all the fans at the stadium because that's how he wants to finish his career. And you totally get that. 
And absolutely, I mean, even if we did beat City, which is a big if, you know, the last game of the season against Wolves is at home, and it, even if we beat them, it probably still will go down to that last game of the season, and mm-hmm. still some twists and turns before that. But everything on Sunday, every pass, every tackle, every shot, every mistake, every VAR call, every every moment that the that stops play, everything's just going to be so much more intensified. You know, it's a Sunday evening, you know, I can imagine some of the bars in and around Liverpool and and the island of Ireland are going to be absolutely pumping, absolutely pumping with fans. And the, I, I'm getting excited to think about the atmosphere. I'll be at the house watching it, unfortunately, but there you go. Um, a couple of score predictions from a couple of friends on the podcast. Uh, we had Jamie Hicks writing, saying that he's, he thinks it's going to be a nil-nil. Now, we haven't even discussed that because of two teams, but it's happened before. Do you remember the, the famous Mares missed the penalty? Yeah. And we had Mark McCrossan friend the pod there predicting 2 1 to Liverpool with a, uh, a Mane winner. It's so hard to talk about predictions in this game. Um, I'm trying to, and what I'm going to try and do for a few minutes now is kind of talk about the the game itself and how it's going to go. But it's hard to know what team he's going to play. Looking into the Benfica substitutions and Henderson not starting, you think Henderson is a sure. A short end to start. Salah and Mane coming off a half an hour ago, you'd imagine that they would start. Can you drop Diaz at the moment? He's been playing unbelievable. Firmino, it's probably Firmino. I, I don't think he's going to start, but at the same time, if he starts, it's probably Firmino. You, you can't. There's so much quality. And then I haven't even mentioned Jota. Hmm. He's probably been our standout player for the last, for certainly 2022. How on earth did you? How on earth do you talk about a game where you don't know who's gonna who's gonna play? And that's that's the chances. Could Salah yeah. be dropped? Could could Salah potentially be on the bench? What a tool to have to come off the bench. Can you imagine how, how nuts a Liverpool fans would go if Salah's come off the bench? I just don't know what to say. But then there's been arguments for Firmino to play because he presses and and you know it, it'll go against City's tactic as such. But then City, if they pose such a threat, don't be going forward, Danny as well. Yeah, well, let's go. Let's go through it. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Is that I think for the two of us to maybe look at it, look at the way Liverpool are playing at the minute. Let's see. So I think we're both in agreement that Allison's going to start in goal. I think that right, just yeah. makes sense, isn't it? I think Klopp would be a little bit mental if he decides to go and put Adrian in or something. Um, back four, obviously. Um, Trent's just come back. Plays against Benfica. There, played it will, a good it will, game. It will be Trent. Trent and Robbo, left yep. and right back. I think that makes sense. Does he start Canate with Van Dijk no, or does he go on Matty? Be, Matty starts with Van Dijk. I think Matty got the rest during the week. Uh, you don't rest Van Dijk, he's too good. So, yeah, so I think the back five is what the back five is going to be. Um, I think we could say for certainty Henderson's going to start. Yes, I, I would probably agree with you on that. I think same as same as what you're saying about like so the Matty start and I think Canate's maybe got a bit of a mistake in them. It's maybe too big a game for him this season. So I think he will start Matty. But and in the same sense, I don't think he'd start someone like Curtis Jones or Oxley Chamberlain in this game. I think for me, midfield three is going to be Fabino, Henderson and Thiago is what is what I would go for. I don't know because there's been a lot of talk about Kaiser, hasn't he? He's so played I- well, and to be fair, he has played well. But for me, Thiago, like in a midfield where both midfields dominate games so well, Thiago for me sees passes that nobody else sees on a pitch and, and controls a ball and moves about the pitch in a way that nobody else can. I would start Thiago over Kaita myself. Danny, I think Thiago's had a, a great kind of purple patch, but I'm going with Henderson, Fabinho, and Kaita. 
I actually think Height is going to start. Um, I've just got a feeling. I think he's mm. been brilliant. And I know it could be wrong, but I've just got a feeling. Yeah, it could even be. Could Fabinho be dropped? It seems stupid, wouldn't it, for Fabinho to be dropped? And with Henderson only playing half an hour. Yeah, well, Henderson, you think he would definitely start? And I think Kaita played more or less the whole game on midweek. So you think he wouldn't start? But I've just got a feeling. I don't know why, but I think Naby Kaita is starting to show a little bit Mm. the reasons why Liverpool bought him. But uh, let's agree that it'll be Thiago or Kaita along with Fabinho and Henderson. So there's what? There's eight players. So yeah. here's where the front three goes now. Um, if you had to, gun to your head, front three, choose them now. Who are you going for, all three of them? Salamani Firmino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah just... I think Diaz and Josh off the bench would be brilliant. And um, I think Firmino, when I'm not starting against Benfica, hmm. and I think the way he plays, he's, he's a good press on the ball. And he's, he's had some, let's not forget, he's had some great goals and great um, great. What's the word? I'm trying to think. He had some great goals and great performances against Manchester City. Yeah. So for me, for me, for me, he'll start. And you and with City not known, they're thinking that we're going to start the Azor Jota. I think you throw Mane and Salah in. So the the conventional front three for me, um, mm. tried and tested. That's what I'm saying. What about you? I am going, which is probably surprising considering the way I've bigged bigged up this season. I am going Salah Jota Diaz. That's what I would go. I think it gives it gives a lot of variety that that Man City I think can't handle. Diaz has got pace. He runs at boys really really well. Salah obviously tried and tested, proven like you don't. For me, biggest game of the season. You don't leave your most elite player on the bench. Salah starts for me, and again he comes at players. He runs at them. He creates problems. Same as Diaz does on the other side. Jota for me scores goals, does really well, but he adds an aerial threat. That, that none of the other players have. And with the fact that we've got Trent back and Robbo who can put in crosses and the likes of Salah and Diaz who are going to do the skillful work, Jota, for me, you, you give him a ball on a penalty spot, he's scoring a goal. But also, if you're whipping balls into the box, nobody's scoring headers like Jota for the size of him. His, his positional awareness in that box is amazing. And so that's it. I'd be starting the three of them. I'd be dropping Mane, dropping Firmino. Well, that's a thing. So... Although we're discussing this, it's not like I can I can't rip your your free to, to set and go on. Oh, you should be starting this boy or starting this boy, and you could argue you can't really rip my from free. Oh yeah, definitely. you know it's it's one of them where out those five, whichever three starts, you are kind of comfortable, aren't you? And I think I think what Jurgen Klopp has been clever. He's I don't know statistics and percentages, but off the top of my head, that five seems to have been getting like the same amount of game time over mm-hmm. the last kind of six weeks they've been coming in and out and I've seen Jota play through the middle on the left and the right I've seen Manny play in the middle on the left I've seen Salah play in the middle on the left I've seen Diaz play on the left and on the right I've seen Firmino well he kind of stays in that middle position but he's been getting a lot more game time than what maybe some people would think as well so for me that's a tried and tested front three but it's going to be no matter what three start the other two on the bench are probably going to play the game at some stage aren't they Oh yeah, definitely so. And do you know what? Don't rule out the fact that he might go um, Salah and Diaz either side of Mane through the middle. He's done that a couple of times in recent weeks as well. There's, uh, as we said, which is a great problem to have, is that as you said, if we'd have had this conversation five years ago, you had a start in 11 and if Klopp was playing someone else, you'd be like, what is going on here? Where now we've got so much depth in this squad that you're able to bring in people. And for, for me, if he starts Keita, if he starts Thiago, 
there's you'd be confident in either of them. He starts Jota, he starts Diaz, he starts Salah, he starts Mane, he starts whoever. You, you're always going to have that confidence that Liverpool can do a job. And as you said, I think recent months have proven that the our players coming off the bench change games. Like Jota's done that a few times. Um, obviously, then against Benfica was the same. Sort of solidified things up, bringing Henderson on and stuff. And yeah, I just think it's going to be so interesting. And for me, the key thing. And which is why I would start Fabino is the key, re, the key way of winning this game. You have to stop De Bruyne. De Bruyne, for all that City aren't maybe playing amazingly well this season up to now, they rested a couple of players there. Rested obviously like so Jack Grealish and Fernandinho and stuff like that, uh, ready for Sunday. But for me, De Bruyne is on form, massively on fire, scoring goals for them. And if Fabino can can cut him out and stop him playing the game that he normally plays. It gives Liverpool the advantage in that game, so oh, it's just going to be so interesting, so so interesting the game. Yeah, and does does, does an absolute shock come out the out the the, the brainwaves of Klopp? And does he does he start a Milner or a Minamino? Probably not. But I've seen big games in the past where a, a manager just you know maybe throw a Curtis Jones in. Would that be less of a shock? Maybe Harvey Elliott. You know, you, you just don't know, do you? It's going to be mm. such a interesting kind of. Just the build up, as you say, the build up in itself is almost uh, is exciting. Almost, if that makes kind of any kind of sense, doesn't it? Oh but... yeah, it definitely is. Like I think the predictions and the the hype around it is what makes a game like this. Nine times out of ten, I think I probably agree with Jamie that the games like this fall flat in the face when you actually watch them. But the build up is the exciting part. Well, so it's it's fun. Well, it's been dubbed the sporting weekend of the year because you've got the Masters getting played and then obviously the entry Grand National, which is. Um, Obviously, a massive event to Liverpool. So hopefully, everyone enjoys the. If you're away to the Grand National this weekend, um, enjoy it. And if you, you know, if you if you're lucky enough to be at the, mas- the Masters, enjoy that. Uh, and if you're not at either, then I'm sure you should be listening to this podcast with a cup of tea, getting ready for the for the big game. But I think the good way to end it, Danny, is we, we we do a couple of score predictions with before we go. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. What what do you think it's going to be? How, how can you see a game like this going? I am gonna say. And maybe me, me heart had ruling me head a little bit here. My head says it's going to be a stalemate, like Jamie said, because of the hype and because no team wants to lose. Okay, so that's my head. My heart saying the return of the Egyptian king and a 1 0 win to Liverpool where a Mo Salah screamer. That's what I'm going to say. Mo Salah's going to pick the ball up and do something special. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because me thinking about it and saying it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Mm. But because of what Mo Salah's done for Liverpool Football Club and what he's going through and what's happening, how great would it be to just see a Mo Salah spectacular goal to win it against City? And he's done it before. So for me, I'm going 1-0 to Liverpool with a Mo Salah screamer. Interesting, interesting. The stats have got it down The it's it's a forty seven percent chance that City are going to win this game. Twenty seven percent chance Liverpool and twenty six percent chance a draw. Um, so and and obviously part of that's because it's at the Etihad, which doesn't make any sense because they get like what like twenty people and a dog watching. Um, but there's going I think there's going to be a lot of neutrals probably at this game, and I think Liverpool fans will turn up and make noise like we always do. I am going. I really hope that the plan is to shut down De Bruyne. And if we can shut down De Bruyne effectively, I'm going 2-0 Liverpool, Jota to score and Diaz to score. 
and, that, and that's what I'm going to go for. Whether it's off the bench or whether it's starting, I'm going Jotham and Diaz to score. I'm going to say 2 0 Liverpool. Wow, well, it's it's mad because we don't even know it's going to start. So it's so hard <laughs> to make, make these predictions. But um, all I can say, Danny, is let's just enjoy it. I'm sure we'll be texting away during the game. Oh, yeah. And um, what I would say, it's a must not lose game for sure. We, we, I wouldn't take a draw, but I don't think it. I, yeah, I would love a win. I wouldn't take a draw, but I couldn't take a defeat. Yeah. You know, that's 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 the best way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah, I think you want to you want to get a draw, don't you? At least, but obviously we want to try and push for a win because pushing for a win at this stage of the season is massive. Um, but yeah, you, you take you take a loss. It's four points away from City. Also, what could that do to mentally to City if Liverpool beat City? Could that just demoralise them? And they're still playing. You know, I think their game against Atletico Madrid is tighter than than the game against them. Um, ours against Benfica and stuff. So that could play in. But hey. It's football, and and if if we said this so many times, if we knew what was going to happen, we wouldn't be chatting. You know, would we? Wouldn't be chatting bubbles and getting away with it if we knew it was going to happen. People would have caught us out a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like football is a complicated game, and anything can happen on the day. And the reality is, the ramifications of that can be huge. We're playing City again in in the cup in a couple of weeks' time, and like who knows how this is going to affect the season. But as you said, all we can do is just sit back, enjoy the build up, get ready to watch it, and hopefully see Liverpool do something magical that's going to bring us from 12 points behind to on the verge of taking the lead with only eight games to go in the season. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you all enjoy it. I'm looking forward to being able to review it again with you all next week. Oh, Liverpool! <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.